Good morning to everybody here at Barclay View Fourth Church and good morning to everybody joining us online. I'm Fiona Tweedy. I'm a member of the congregation here at Barclay View Fourth and I'm also an ordained local minister, which in the Church of Scotland means I don't have a parish of my own, but I am um, preaching and, and the like. We come together with people around Scotland and around the world to worship the Lord our God. The psalmist writes, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Our first hymn this morning is uh, uh, God Who's Almighty. Our scripture reading is from 1 Corinthians. Today's reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12 and reading through to verse 31. Unity and diversity in the body. Just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, then it would, for that reason, then it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 
and the parts we think are less honourable we treat with special honour and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment but God has put the body together giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other if one part suffers every part suffers with it if one part is honoured every part rejoices with it now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it and God has placed in the church first of all apostles second prophets third teachers then miracles then gifts of healing of helping of guidance and of different kinds of tongues are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers do all work miracles do all have gifts of healing do all speak in tongues do all interpret now eagerly desire the greater gifts thanks be to god thank you very much linda i come this morning as part of a series if you've been here or are watching online the last two weeks we've been looking at, at gifts and gifts as part of the body and elaine spoke two weeks ago I listened to Stephanie last week and everything I wrote noted down as something I might like to say this week. Stephanie then said a paragraph later, so I had to kind of rethink what I was going to do. So I can recommend going back and listening to uh, those uh, talks and, and those services. And next week, our minister David will be back and I'm not sure I envy him the job of trying to pull all our diverse things back into one, one part at the end of this series. But I look forward to hearing what David says. The passage that Linda has read is a very famous one. All these bits of the body going together. And the image of the body, the metaphor, the uh, way of considering it, is used over 30 times in the Bible. And it perhaps works well for us at this point because lots of metaphors and images used in the Bible might be less familiar for us. Uh, we're not all shepherds. We don't farm in the same way as they did in Palestine at that time. But we all have bodies um, and our bodies are basically the same as they were 2,000 years ago. So perhaps it's a good one for us to focus on and to um, be able to relate to better than having to explain lots of things about sheep or, or how they used to do sowing the seed and, and that kind of thing. It's something we can all relate to. We all have bodies. And what is Paul talking about? What's the main thing? Well, one body, many parts. We're all part of the body of Christ. As Elaine said so well, we all love Christ. That's it. To be part of the body of Christ, we love Christ. And yet we're all in many parts. We all bring our own individual gifts and things to that body. We are baptised by one spirit into one body. 
And yet even within the passage, Paul already talks about Jews and Gentiles, slave and free. Now these would be the most critical divisions in the society for them at that time. Jews, Gentiles, slave, free. The most critical divisions, and yet they're brought in together immediately. This is who we're talking about. And what I'd like to do this morning um, is look at this in sort of three different ways. I'm going to take it quite tightly in to thinking about the unity of the one body, many parts, unity, diversity, right at the centre of our faith. Then widened a little bit, think about the body of Christ here in our church family, and then widen it some more and think about the body of Christ throughout the world and then pull it back in again. So that, that's what I'm hoping to do today. We talk about one body. We talk about being part of one church, worshipping one God. Stephanie last week spoke about the, the Trinity and the fact that the centre, the very centre of our faith is God as one and God as three. In him we sang at the beginning, the three verses talk about God creator, Christ, the spirit, and the last verse pulls it all together. We remember that so much of the early church theology and trying to work out about God and about Christ and where does it fit in and how does the spirit fit into this was taken up. And how exactly does that work? And we're not entirely sure they came up with a fabulous answer that's easy to understand. We talk about one God, and at the time, um, in ancient Rome, for example, they were used to a whole pantheon of gods. Lots of gods for lots of different things. But then these Christians came along and said there was only one God. Not all these different ones, just one God. Yet, this God's in three bits. It doesn't make a whole lot of intuitive sense as, as we think about it. Um, there's a wonderful uh, program on, on Radio 4. You can listen to it in a podcast or whatever again. A Radio 4 In Our Time program. And in that program, they're talking about, the, the area, they're talking about Arianism. And Arianism is the idea that Jesus is, is lesser than God. That there's the Trinity, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but the, God the Father is more superior, is above Christ and the Spirit. And it's a wonderful, very accessible uh, program. People are discussing what that meant in the early centuries of the church. Indeed, when we speak about God the Creator, as Jesus the Redeemer, and the Spirit as the Sustainer, the word for Spirit in Hebrew is, is of the female gender. So we already have in the Trinity, unity, diversity, and female, male, is brought into that at the centre of what we believe. Each of the parts of the Trinity brings their own particular uh, task, their own particular gift, yet it is one. Unity in diversity. This isn't an optional add-on. 
that kind of comes somewhere else in our Christian faith. You can see it right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. There's God, the Word of God, creating the things, the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. The Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Unity and diversity at the very centre of what we believe. And if we widen that out from the centre of our faith to our church community here at Barclay Viewforth or wherever your church family is. Paul says you are baptised to form one body. You are the body of Christ. And we've got bodies and we all have them. They work in the same way, but our understanding of how the body works has changed a lot since first century Palestine. I know there are people here who know far, far more about that than I, I ever will. And we're grateful for all the work of medical scientists. If you're interested in going into more detail about this metaphor, this image of being part of the body of Christ, I'd recommend a book uh, by Philip Yancey and Dr. Paul Brand called In His Image. Paul Brand was a doctor, was an orthopedic surgeon. He studied leprosy, in particular um, the, uh, the hand, and being able to heal and restore movement, or at least not um, deformations in the hand. And this book is, is quite different. It's all about how the body works and how it, um, it talks about cells, it talks about blood, it talks about pain, it talks about being in God's image. So many different things. And I would most highly recommend it if you want to go into more detail. It's uh, in his image, Dr. Paul Brand. And he rewrites, he paraphrases this uh, section by Paul. And instead of talking about hands and eyes and the like, he talks about being a white cell. And if a white cell says, no, nah, I am not an optic nerve, therefore I'm not important. And if the whole body were an auditory nerve, hearing, where would the sense of sight be? And the like. And it's just a rewritten in terms of um, more modern ways that we understand how the body works. In our church family here, just coming together to be able to worship. You can think of all the different things that have to go into a service. If I were to say, because I can't play the organ like Michael or the piano like Anna, then I am no use to the church. Or if I were to say, I'm, not, I'm, I'm only kicking names off on the way in, or taking the bookings, or anything like that. And I am not part of the body. We all come together to make it possible for us to worship God together. We all work together to build up that body. Allow us to worship, allow us to worship God, allow us to hear from God as well. 
We've heard a lot recently about, about different gifts, the gifts that we have. We bring what we do have. Again, throughout the Bible, we can think of people bringing their gifts to build the tabernacle around the Exodus. We can think of the Magi bringing the gifts at the Nativity. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. We can think about the little boy who brings his loaves and his fishes to Jesus. He then uses it to feed 5,000 men. We have our gifts. We can bring our gifts. You might think that a wee bit of fish and a wee bit of bread isn't that much. But I think what's important is that we, we bring them and we offer them. And we say, God, you know, here you are. And God can multiply them incredibly. Feed so many people. Allow so many people to worship. Build up the body of Christ in ways we cannot even imagine. If we bring our own gift. We take our place in the body as an eye, a hand, a foot. All those things. An auditory nerve or a white cell. We're all part of our church family. We contribute, we build it up. We hear from each other, we hear from God. I'm going to widen it again. At the centre of our faith, the Trinity, our church family, let's take it even further. The body of Christ is not restricted to Barclay View Fourth Church in 2021. I have to think about that for a minute. What, what year is it? No, just... We are part of the body of Christ in Edinburgh, part of the Presbytery of Edinburgh. In Edinburgh, there are many, many denominations, many people coming to worship the Lord. We can think about Scotland, we can think about worldwide, we can think through time and through space. And while Paul Brand, in his paraphrase of Paul, speaks about a white cell, and he spoke about an auditory nerve and an optic nerve to see, I think perhaps he misses a nuance, an aspect of what Paul was saying. Because Paul talks about, the first thing Paul talks about is a foot. And for us, for, for me, you know, okay, foot is a part of the body, yes, that, that's nice, it's a part of the body, uh, and a hand. But at that time, and today in, in the Middle East, the foot is a, um, is a really dishonorable, unclean thing. You, don't, you absolutely would never show anybody the sole of your foot. That's an absolute taboo, complete uh, social uh, disgrace to show somebody the sole off your foot. If you remember a few years ago, I think somebody threw, a, threw their shoe, I think was it a, a George Bush, um, and the outrage, this was such an insult for us, for us. Yeah, shoes a shoe, foot, things we walk on. It's not, it, it doesn't carry that uh, depth of, of kind of social feeling. Um, and yet this is what Paul starts with. He starts with the foot. Remember the horror of the disciples when Jesus washed their feet? Because only the worst, lowest slave would wash feet. And yet here's the first thing that Paul talks about. 
The foot has the honor. The eye and the, the, the ear and the eye. The eye was an important thing. The eye saw all those things. And yet it's the ear, that lower thing in that society, that is, is considered as being important. And then in verse 24, one part suffers, all suffer. One part is honoured, the whole body rejoices. So we have concern for all the parts of the body. And yet, in this week, in this week we see, I saw the conviction of the murderer of George Perry Freud Jr. in the US. Thursday was Stephen Lawrence Day. Do you remember the murder of Stephen Lawrence in London? On the same day, on Thursday, the Church of England produced a report from lament to action, showing, admitting that there is institutional racism within the Church of England and setting out ways that they seek to um, do away with that. We know, they say, that parts of the body of Christ have suffered through racism, often at hands of other parts of the body. And we can't say, it's easy to say, well, it's America. It's easy to say, well, it's England. We can't say that. We can't say that. We can't say not here when ministers in the Church of Scotland receive racist comments from their parishioners and even from their congregation. We can't say not here when funeral directors in Scotland say to people coming, you don't want a service taken by a black minister. Why don't, why don't you try the humanist celebrant? We can't say not here when a quarter of congregations in the Church of Scotland have people who are not white and yet over 90% of congregations, leadership, Kirk Session, etc. are all white. We can't say not here. I can't say not here. I know to my shame that I have made assumptions, that I have said things that I am deeply sorry for. And I can seek to learn and repent, to learn of the experience of Christians of other ethnicities in Scotland, within the Church of Scotland. The Church of Scotland is at the moment doing research, planning research into the experiences of people of UK minority ethnicities within the church. I'm choosing to, to work with that, um, to bring that to light, to see what we can do to honour all parts of the body. In Glasgow, there were 100 new churches planted uh, within 15 years at the start of the millennium. Put that in context, it's about 100 churches in the Presbytery of Glasgow and the Church of Scotland. Those 100 new churches are almost all ones predominantly minority ethnic 
We're looking to see what is the contribution of that part of the body of Christ to our life as the body of Christ in Scotland. For us here at Berkeley Viewforth, we are a big church. We are in Edinburgh, the capital city of Scotland. We're part of the Church of Scotland, the National Church. Our moderator can expect to be heard, to be seen at big events. We've been bigger. I stand here and I look out and there's gallery upon gallery with nobody in it. And that's not just because of the restrictions just now. We have had a bigger place in our society, but let's not forget that we still have that place. We have a big building that everybody can see. And we can generally expect that this building is not the target of abuse, of arson, of other attacks. We can come in here freely and walk out here freely. Privileges that we take for granted, privileges not granted to so many. We are a big church. We have many generations represented, even in our small numbers here, so many different generations. I visit lots of churches. So many have not had a Sunday school for years. So many have nobody under 70 there. It's easy as we come here as part of our church family to not realize what other people are going through. Most churches cannot afford to pay for their minister. Here at Berkeley Viewforth, we pay for our own minister and we pay for another one and a half as well. We support the wider church. And yet in this year, there are many churches who not only can't pay their minister, they can't pay the bills for next week. We in our church family have so much to bring, so much to honour the wider church. We bring something ourselves, that diversity to the wider church of Scotland, the church in Scotland, the church around the world. We've heard about how we bring our gifts to our church family here at Barclay Viewforth. We bring what we can bring. Our loaves, our fish, our, our bit of the hand, our little finger, our eyes, and we offer them to the body. We offer them to God. Why do we do this? We do this because there is unity and diversity even at the heart of our faith. God is one. God is three. So in this week ahead, you might want to consider, perhaps you might want to think more about the Trinity. How, how does it work? How, how does God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, how does that, that dance, that, that movement of the Trinity, what does that mean to your understanding of God? You may want to think what gifts you bring, why that, that might build up our fellowship at Berkeley Viewforth. You might want to explore the diversity of Christian worship, Christian expression, maybe that's reading a different book, perhaps it's praying in a different way, perhaps it's listening 
to a different style of music in this week that you don't normally do. It's all part of the body, all part of our place in the massively wide body of Christ, a body that stretches through time and through space. I've deliberately, uh, in this uh, service, um, and Michael has very kindly gone along with this, I've chosen different hymns and different styles of music. At the, at the start of the service, uh, Michael was playing a kind of plain song-derived material. Listen out for the different styles uh, of music as we go through the service. In this week, then, thinking about diversity and unity, think what you might look at this week, think what you might read, might listen to, think how you might pray, think of the ways it has been done through the centuries, think of the ways it is done around the world. What can you learn? What can we teach other people? We have a time for reflection. Uh, Listen to the different styles of music that are played. Maybe go into this week open to the word of God. Take our part in the body of Christ in praying for ourselves and other parts of the body of Christ and of our world. Elaine will lead us in prayer. There's a verse in Hebrews 4.16 which says, Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So let us draw near with confidence and pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence today to bring our requests for others. But first we pause to remind ourselves of the God to whom we come. For your word teaches us that you are a holy God, perfect in wisdom, a God of justice, of mercy, of truth, and of righteousness. You are sovereign Lord, King over all, creator and sustainer of life. The God who is all-knowing, all-seeing, all-hearing, who inhabits eternity, yet a God who is not far off, but who patiently listens for our cries. You are the living God, whose desire is to walk with us daily, the God who longs to draw near. Yet how often we hide from you, ashamed, afraid, anxious, avoiding your presence, Come, you say to us, come, I'm waiting to welcome you, come. And so we come to worship you today, to honour you, to bring you our request on behalf of others. And surely we must come, because you alone are our help and stay. You are our strength, our strong tower, our refuge, our rock. You keep us from stumbling. You lift us up when we fall down. You protect us from evil and shield us from harm. You are the one who watches over us, who rescues us when we are in trouble. 
You rebuke us when we do wrong, warn us when we are in danger, encourage us when we are low, comfort us when we are sad. All you ask of us is to love you by loving our neighbour. And so in these few moments together we bring the plight of our neighbour before you, Lord. The COVID crisis is still foremost in our minds and we pray that you would help those most affected by the pandemic. We pray for children growing up in a climate of fear and anxiety, isolated from their friends, with a stop-start education that may affect their future. Lord, may children know that you are a friend who is always there and will never let them down. We pray for families under pressure, whether financial due to loss of income or suffering emotional and psychological stress as a consequence of lockdown. Lord, may families know that you love them deeply. We pray for young people who struggle with their mental health and whose feelings of self-worth are often determined by social media. Lord, may young people know that each one is unique and precious to you. We pray for those who are in old age, who feel frustrated by physical weakness and whose isolation is made worse because of lack of contact with family. We pray for the sick and the bereaved, we pray for those for whom life has dealt a crushing blow in some way and left them desolate. Lord, may your Holy Spirit be their comforter and bring them hope. We pray for nations who are struggling to contain new strains of the virus. In particular, we pray for India, where the pandemic is spiralling out of control with inadequate means to contain it. We remember, too, the persecuted church, where COVID is being used as a weapon to suppress the Christian faith, where Christians are discriminated against when aid is distributed and are expected to fend for themselves, where those who already have little share the little that they have, yet it is not enough to go round. We pray in particular for three countries where Christians die for their faith, we pray for northern Nigeria, where Muslim extremists like the Boko Haram and Fulani militants force the Islamization of, of Christians, where violence against Christian families and churches is a daily reality, with 10 Christians on average killed every day in the last year. Lord, teach us to pray for our brothers and sisters who suffer such persecution for their faith. We pray for Iraq, where Christianity has existed for centuries, where endless cycles of violence against Christians have brought the church to a critical point where it is in danger of perishing. Church leaders cry for our help as Christians are forced to flee their homes, no longer welcome or safe in their own country. Lord, you are a God of justice who cares for those who are afflicted and oppressed. Teach us to pray for our brothers and sisters who suffer for such, such persecution for their faith. Lastly, we pray for North Korea, a land closed to the outside world where to be a Christian is to risk torture and death. God of suffering, teach us to pray 
For those who love Jesus in North Korea, may we stand with them in their suffering. Lord, we pause to remember the God that we worship and place our trust in the one who hears and answers prayer. For we ask these things in the name of your Son, who gave his life for us. Amen. Go from this place, from this time, walk in the light of God. And may the blessing of God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, be with you and those whom you love this day and forevermore. Amen.